Connecticut, USS Connecticut hit, and and what could be the kind of surprises that the U.S. and the Western countries might face when they are navigating the South China, East China Sea. So a lot of things are happening here, and Elmer has the uh, the inside story. He is he'll give us a ringside story about that. And 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 Elmer, Namaskar, and welcome to P Guru's channel. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, my friend. On the seventh, fine, fine. Very busy. I have two events. We'll talk about it at the end of the program coming yes, up this yes. weekend. So uh, with yes. uh, Mike Pompeo uh, talking speech. But anyway, we'll talk about this at the end. And I appreciate your support. So um, I like to. Uh, this is a very important event, even though it's very lightly reported. Um, on the seventh October, U.S. have announced that uh, there was a, an accident on October 2nd in the South China Sea of the U.S. Nucle nuclear submarine. It's the name of the submarine is called Connecticut. It is a Navy attack submarine. It's called a Sea Wolf class, right? And uh, it was built in the 90s, probably started building in the 80s last century and finished in the 90s. Very expensive, cost at that time three billion dollars. At today, uh, and at that time, you can build a nuclear new, uh, aircraft carrier for that price. So it's very. And the purpose of that submarine is going after the Soviet. On the the Soviet, uh, th those who are able to launch nuclear missiles, intercontinental ballistic missiles, and this submarine they built three of them was really to hunt down those. Uh, uh, those other Soviet uh, submarines that are capable of launching in, uh, in, in, inter, intercontinental ballistic ballistical missiles. So anyway, these are very, very good machines. And the location where it had the accident, we believe it's roughly about maybe about uh, uh, less than 20, 20 uh, uh, and 20 kilometer or not from Hainam Island. Remember Hainam Island, all right? And uh, 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 that's where we believe the accident happened on the 2nd of October. By the time uh, there was an accident and the official announcement said 15, uh, 15 persons or Navy uh, uh, servicemen were injured. Out of 15, two were medium injured and the others are lightly injured. But it's a very serious uh, uh, accident, seldom reported. It, uh, uh, it's a very serious matter because right now, as we know, the tension in South China Sea, this would be, I'd say, a part of the South China Sea. These nuclear submarine, the US as Connecticut is actually 
uh, keeping, watching the gate of the Chinese nuclear submarine base in Hainan Island, right? It does, you, American or the whole world, they don't want the Chinese nuclear submarine to come out to the open Pacific Ocean or the deeper part so that they can launch or they can threaten any U.S. city with their nuclear uh, missiles. So the this ship, the Connecticut, was really keeping, make sure they don't get out, all right? They don't get out the, of the first link. The first thing, of course, goes all the way from Japan, Taiwan, and all the way down to uh, Vietnam and so on. So they don't want them to come out. U.S. don't want them to come out to the Pacific. So it's watching. And uh, what happened was there was a, 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 a they announced, so it's not a secret anymore. It's a, they announced there was an accident. There was a kind, some kind of collision happened on the 2nd of October. And during that period, China sent a lot of flights, uh, airplanes, and everybody said they are threatening Taiwan, so on and so forth, you know. And they keep on sending in one of those from 30 something to 30 more. And then eventually, uh, around the time of the announcement, they sent 50 planes per day up to that area. And our, of course, our most speculation in the press is they are threatening Taiwan or just to show a force. But that's not the, what really happened. What really happened in order for the Connecticut to get 15 people to get injured, it must have hit something, all right? It must have hit something or something has hit the Connecticut, let's put it that way. The impact is fairly large to, to, to uh, injure 15 people. That was, uh, in fact, uh, that was shallow water. It was not very deep. It's about maybe 150, uh, 100, uh, 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 maybe 200 meters deep. It's not very deep. The area uh, outside, outside Hanam Island and the stretch is about uh, almost for 20 kilometers uh, into, the, into the ocean. It's very shallow water. And then it gets deeper, all right? So that Connecticut was in shallow water. And obviously, Chinese knew it because it's very close to their back door. Chinese knew it. And an active object, all right? Active object means the, the object can be driven and collided with the Connecticut. If it's a passive object, you don't get that kind of injury. Right? You don't, the collision will be minor and they they get it all the time. Maybe uh, somebody says a container drop off from a, from a, a container ship, and if that that kind of uh, 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 impact would not hurt fifteen soldiers, so it has to be active. So the uh, we all we all knew that China have a lot of things already uh, uh, installed or uh, uh, hidden under the water in South China Sea. And in Hainan Island is the most important place because that is their nuclear submarine base. Everybody knew it, it's not a secret. So anyway, the accident happened and we believe, we, we truly believe it's uh, collided. The collision was from either a, uh, a uh, what do you call, a, a, drawn, a drawn submarine, 
a drone submarine, meaning a submarine with no uh, underwater uh, thing uh, without uh, people in it. And uh, 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 was hit it with an impact, with an impact, quite a heavy impact. I mean, these, these, this is a very, very expensive submarine. It was built in the 90s just to fight with the Soviet, with the Soviet submarines, all right? And uh, $3 billion is probably at that time what the most expensive submarine built, nuclear submarine built. And uh, a very huge, huge submarine, uh, very strong, extremely strong, because it was meant to fight with the Soviet submarines. It's not something to launch uh, satellites. You know, they're, they're different. As a launch missiles, it's all different. So, but this is a fighter. That's why they call it attack, attack submarine. So anyway, for 15 people to be injured, it is an active object, hit an active object, or the other way around, the active ob object hits it. We know in underwater in South China, entire South China Sea, especially near the uh, Chinese shore, they have all kinds of sensors, uh, sonars, all kinds of uh, 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 manless, uh, no man uh, submarines, and so on. And once in my program, I don't know whether you remember, Siri, I was talking about them, them putting uh, miniaturized nuclear bombs under the water. Yes, 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 you did, you right. did, you did. In fact, we were yeah, one of the first ones to mention that, yeah. Right, right. Nobody talk about it because I know the political commissar used to come political commissar of the new Chinese nuclear submarine force who retired and I got him to talk to me. <laughs> so retired a long time, quite a quite some time ago. And he's dead now, so I don't have a problem talking about him. So anyway, not only new new military use, they have all kinds of uh, hardware and software under the water, under the water. And uh, so, and 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 uh, drone, uh, drone submarine is nothing. It's easy. Everybody has it now. All the advanced countries, Soviet, U.S., uh, Russia, U.S., and England, and so on. It's it's natural, right? You don't want people keeping underwater. You you want to keep the submarine underwater too so long. Better have no person there because they breathe oxygen. You have to feed them, <laughs> to go to the toilet, all kinds of, and they make all kinds of noise. So anyway. It was a deliberate effort from the Chinese. This is my uh, my story, okay? To hit the U.S. Uh, nuclear submarine, it's very serious. And then the Chinese didn't know how serious the damage is. All right, they, so they didn't know the hit, and uh, uh, was uh, a hit uh, collision. Didn't know how until the U.S. announced on the seventh. The Chinese knew there was some a collision, but they they didn't realize it was a damage and with so many injuries. So when the U.S. announced it, Chinese said, great, this is the best opportunity. We need to capture that nuclear submarine. Uh, I don't know whether you remember 20 years ago, there was a U.S. plane, all right? It's a, I think a P-30 something. It's, it's really an information collection plane. It's not a fighter plane, was flying along the Chinese coast, not in the Chinese uh, airspace, but in the public space. So he was flying along and collecting information, and right? all kinds of gears, uh, detecting gears, all right? They can actually, that plane can listen to every mobile phone conversation in China. It records and listens, all right? 
So the, 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 it's, it's, let's call it a spy plane. It's really a spy, but very well equipped with the whole team, almost like uh, close to 20 people working on it. Right, of course. And I don't know whether you remember, and the Chinese plane flew up, all right, and collide from underneath, collide with that, that uh, uh, spy plane. And that Chinese plane, they reported, huh? uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, dropped and, uh, and the pilot died. The guy's name, family name is Wong, very famous, all right, and died. It became a hero, whatever. It's well reported. You can look at that. So, but the American plane was slightly damaged. And you know, American value life and everything more than anything else. So they, under the Chinese request, that plane landed in Hainan Island, all right, forced to be to land at Hainan Island. What happened after that? The China, of course, called U.S. Uh, killing its its uh, uh, China, of course, U.S. deliberately hit the Chinese plane. The Chinese plane came from below and hit the U.S. plane from at the bottom. All right, and then uh, and then uh, that plane was lost. All right, so called lost. So the American plane, sorry, Siri, you want to say something? Yes, I just want to finish the Siri, story. you want to say something? If I yes, 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 I just want to finish the story that you are saying. So if I remember correctly, the United States pilot ejected uh, and, and they got hold of the plane or e either that or they traded the pilot for the plane because they said they wanted to reverse engineer the plane, the United States plane. And uh, so, so something like that happened, I mean, in which... There were no deaths. No, no, no. Let me give you the details. Yes. I, I need to get to the details. Very important. Because no, no, the please two go incidents ahead. are identical. Uh, yes. Okay. So what happened? That plane falls in uh it falls down in Hainam Island. Of course, people were safe. So they were given to a nice hotel and uh, very well. I mean the crew in the American plane was very well looked after. And then uh and then the Chinese stripped the whole plane down to each part. Totally stripped the whole plane, got all the information. The worst thing happened is that plane knows how to collect information. The sensor, the sensor is so good. It can, it can record or detect every mobile conversation in China, in the whole China. That's why it's flying so close because it get the signals, a strong signal. The whole plane was, was totally disassembled and all the technology, whatever they can take, they took it. And Americans said, we need the plane back, all right? And Chinese, uh, and that this was under Jiang Zhiming, all right, the president at that time, 2001. Right? And he said, no, yeah, you can have it back. We'll give it back to you. But you are no longer, we would not allow you to fly in Chinese airspace. <laughs> you have to come with a ship to take the parts. It's no longer a plane. It's all in parts. Take the parts back. So you don't have to reassemble because reassemble the plane also requires a lot of technology. So once they have taken it apart, they are not able to put it back together. So finally, the American took a humble pie and sent a ship and shipped back the parts. And then China also let go of the people. All right. And because it was hit like this, the plane was hit like this, uh, military, you cannot call it an attack. You can only call it some kind of, I mean, prima facie, it's a collision, it's an accident. You understand? It's an accident. This kind of behavior is very, very common under Soviet 
U.S. days, both in the air and on the water. They're un under the water. Remember, we're talking about under the water. This is very, very common. They have a term for it, something called Ivan or something. There's a Russian word for Russian name for this kind of behavior. You know, I'm the big guy. I bump into you. You understand the guy? This is uh, the Russian polar bear behavior. I, I bump into it. Now, what do you do? It's like street fight. Now, what do you do? The same thing happened with the nuclear submarine. All right. And the Chinese couldn't believe it was such a big ship and strong ship, American ship. They didn't know whether it was damaged until the 7th of December when U.S. announced. Those Chinese suddenly woke up. Wow, 15 people injured. So the, there must be some damage to the to the to the to the submarine so they send out all kinds of planes fit more than 50 planes per day meaning this all the best the best planes they have searching for the area they want to hunt down the connecticut you know remember the the, the story the, the hunt for red october they want to hunt down the october connecticut if they can Look at, listen to me. If they can capture, all right, capture this submarine, the war is over. Everything is over because U.S. will negotiate. Same thing with the plane. U.S. will negotiate. And the whole war, we are, we are in the middle of a war. There's no question. We're in the middle of a middle war. will be over because U.S. will withdraw. This is the way they are. It happens time after time so this in the last uh, <laughs> last couple of weeks it was actually very serious thing happened the fight never in history china have sent out so many planes more and more every day because they were trying to hunt to to hunt down that nuclear submarine if they are able to capture within that close to china water all right or everything but fortunately and uh, us and the other country are doing a naval exercise nearby in south china sea almost at the same time so that once u.s announced on the 7th of this what happened means they were already in sea water they are no longer they are no longer exposed to chinese hunt down so this is my interpretation call it whatever conspiracy theory whatever you want that's okay i don't have a problem <laughs> i don't i don't need to win the police prize but anyway so this is my version of the story. It's very important. This is their tactic. They are they are never going to occupy Taiwan. They are far behind. They are at least 10, 20 years behind militarily to occupy Taiwan. But they have unrestricted warfare. This is called the kind this is close to warfare, but very clever way of doing things. And they are China is not going to occupy Taiwan shortly. But they want to capture two islands. Taiwan has two islands very close to mainland. Uh, I don't only know to speak, they call it the Chinese name. One is Jingmen and, uh, uh, and the other one. And there are two islands, you know, uh, at the Chinese shore. Very. And then there's also a Spratly Island, all right, uh, south of Taiwan. Those are artificial, uh, right? You know, and it's you can correct me by my, my details. I'm not good in details. So they, they are aiming at capturing this. And this is their objective. Their objective is not to occupy Thailand mainland. They are, they are militarily, it's not possible. 
So uh, anyway, that's my story for the time being. Please, sorry, sorry, it's so long. Yeah, a couple of things, uh, Elmer. One is that um, Spratly Islands, I think, is disputed uh, islands, and I think the Chinese have actually built a station there. And under Obama's during Obama's period, um, you know, in the name of reconnaissance, Obama flew some B-52 bombers. Except the bombers didn't have any bombs on them. So it was just like a joke. People used to say, you know, this guy is not even rattling a saber because the, the, the cover, you know, rattling a saber is you have a sheet and you just take it and then you rattle this, take it out of the sheet and you just keep rattling the, uh, the, the knife. And because it's, this, it's a long one, it bends in air and creates sound. <laughs> that kind of stuff. And, and, and even that they were disputing. What a joke this is when you, when you have... B-52s fly over without any bombs. That's what Obama did. So, um, the question now is, uh, first question is, did that USS Connecticut escape from the clutches of the Chinese? Yes, it did. Uh, I think by when, when US announced it on the 7th, that, were, that means they've entered safe water. All right. So it's safe. And, and it really, it's a, it's a bloody nose. US got a bloody nose. And this ship has to go back for repair and uh, going back to Guam or going back to Hawaii for repair. It's a very humiliating issue. And of course, U.S. is going to have proof and that, but doesn't mean anything. They lost. All right. They've lost in a battle, underwater battle. And normally this kind of incidents are seldom reported. Remember, you saw the movie Top Gun. It was real, you know, but very seldom reported. And such kind of thing happened uh, underwater during the Cold War and at the, on the, in, the, in the sky and uh, on the water all the time. And sometimes both, both countries prefer not to talk about it. Absolutely. And uh, Elmer, uh, you have a couple of very great events coming up this weekend. Uh, and you, you introduced us to the former Secretary of State, uh, Mike Pompeo, and I'm very sad that I'm not going to be there for the event. Uh, I, I wish you all the uh, best, uh, Elmer. And perhaps you can touch upon it. We have a picture of the the Pleasanton uh, uh, area, the vineyard, Uncle Yu's vineyard. And that's one place where Mike Pompey is sitting down for dinner. You can talk about the two events now, and then we'll also play out a quick, short video of this place. Yes. Uh, the most important thing is the uh, afternoon speech at Calvary Church in San Jose. Uh, both Mike Pompeo and his chief strategist, Mao Xu. Uh, Mao Xu uh, was Chinese origin, and uh, they are going to talk about how to, uh, what's going to happen, because it's very serious. As we all know, Biden uh, administration is going very soft. And uh, even though Blinken in the beginning was uh, going tough, on China, but he's also softening, all right? And uh, their idea is to treat everybody as equal, all right? Globalization, treat people as you, like uh, such as Taliban and the Chinese communists, they like to treat them as equals. And <laughs> I hope that works. But anyway, uh, uh, Pomp Mr. Pompeo and uh, Mao Xu, they have their strategy. And uh, we hope, uh, uh, the, the Republican will win uh, the next both the midterm and the presidential. So Mike Pompeo will be able 
to um, use his policy. And this is his policy we're talking about, is going from what, what's happening now to court power and so on. This is all designed by Mike Pompeo, all right? And I believe he wants to take it to a higher level when uh, he, he is involved. Uh, I, probably he may run, he's probably may run, and uh, I don't, we don't really care as long as U.S. adopts his policy and that's got good enough for us. And we have common enemy. I'm from Hong Kong, as you all know. I mean, I'll, my, my enemy is the Chinese Communist Party and, you're, 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 uh, and you have the same. We are, we are not enemies, all right? The Chinese people are victims. They are victims <laughs> by the CCP. All right, so, so, so yes. don't call us enemy. We are definitely not enemy. We are, we are allies. <laughs> Seriously, that's not what we are. Uh, and, and if we don't remove the communist, Chinese Communist Party, the, uh, they, are, they, will, they are threatening us. Unfortunately, you know, Syria, you live in states. This government in the last 20 or 30 years, given China so much money, all right, over almost like $25 trillion in, uh, in trading, China export a lot, and then uh, in uh, IPOs, and then give them all kind of loans, US dollar loans, retirement loans, like from California, you got your retirement fund all went to China, all, right? all loan to China. Right, they right. had that, all that money to, to, to really do this one bell, one all that, all infiltration and then bribery, they bought everybody up. Uh, hopefully India less because uh, you're not that much involved, but the rest of the world, I mean, it's totally controlled by them with that money, and they're continuing making that money. And 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 uh, Biden called them a strategic competitor. I don't even know what that means. All right, you keep competing with them. They make more money. If they make more money, and they step you in the back when you when right. you are running in the front, they step you in the back. What kind of a competitor is that? No, I I I I, I mean these good these guys in Washington are great in inventing terms. Inventing terms, strategic uh, competitor. What a what a thing to say. But anyway, I talk too much. Uh, I hope whoever can come to the seventeenth afternoon event, three o'clock at Calvary Church, we are welcome. It's hosted by my organization. <laughs> Before I was alone, I set up a foundation called Hong Kong Freedom Beacon, and then we are hosting it. And then both um, uh, both Secretary Pompeo and Mao Xu are going to talk and of course we concern because your future my future has a lot to do with secretary pompeo because he has the right attitude against this chinese communist party thank you Suri. absolutely absolutely so finally again talks of uh, a coup are surfacing from china uh, what's your meter the what is your coup meter saying is it near 100 or near 10. um it's not a conventional coup all right when you deal with the chinese you have to understand you never look at they will never attack you use conventional methods you know remember the war in in with india in the 60s yes it's very yes. they they use all kind of still still so even xi jinping's enemy or rivals or whatever enemies inside china are not going to use a conventional coup they xi jinping only have 
maybe 60-70% control of the military or maybe 60-70% control of the police. Many areas like economic, uh, energy, ex uh, trading, and so on. he has no control. Those, those people are tricking him into into this uh, um, uh, 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 environmental to commit to commit okay. committing to environmental the Paris uh, Accord. They are forcing, they are encouraging him to do that. So he's stuck with this um, uh, uh, emission standard. So he closed many many um, uh, many many coal mines because China, China mostly was coal. He closed many coal mines. And he was hoping the Russian would come up with natural gas. There was two huge pipes built from the north to uh, to to uh, to to the Amur River. So he was hoping that, but then the Russians failed to deliver because they are having so much trouble with this uh, Siberian pipelines. Right. So much trouble. It's not really working at all. They have cost overrun, technology problem, all kinds of problems. Short. So in the meantime, the coal mine was shut down all right and then his enemy are encouraging the power shutdown all right once you have the coal become too expensive the power power company refused to generate and that's this is not controlled by xi jinping the coal mine and the power generator these are other families remember i was talking to you about families and all the all but these families week, yeah. yeah are rivalry to him all right. All right. So they deliberately cut down power supply. So believe it or not, half of half of China right now because it's entering winter, without electricity, these multi-story buildings are like uh, like uh, cemeteries because no water, no electricity, no elevator, no gas, nothing. So people, that, what to do? These his rivalries are forcing this on him. All right. So that people will have unrest and there will be a very important meeting uh, in November uh, this year and another very important meeting end of next year about him being able to uh, to continue to be the president or whatever party secretary. So they are trying to create uh, dissatisfaction with the people. All right. Property price drop almost 30 percent. I think it would drop another. It would be half. All right. With, by the end of the year, it will be half. So people are very angry. Uh, Chinese people, most of their personal asset, seventy percent of their personal asset, is in the in the in the apartment they live or in the home. Right, right. All right. Now right. suddenly price drop half, half. You you understand the feeling. This is desperate. You know, they so people will be so angry. So people will be angry with the uh, property price drop because their their property personal asset drop uh, by fifty percent. All right. Uh, high inflation. As you know, we already feel inflation outside China. The Chinese inflation is even more serious internally. All right, power stoppage, right, and then stock market going down, debt market going down, and unemployment, huge unemployment. So all these are cool, but I call it unconventional cool. That's my story. <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful. Elmer, um, uh, would you like to take a few questions now? Oh, anytime, anytime, please. All right. So, viewers, you can send in your questions. Um, the first question is from Sanit Kulhatkar.
the Hong Kong flag slash emblem has changed now. Uh, what is the significance of that? Is it trying to integrate, forcibly integrate Hong Kong into mainland China, trying to deny the people their right to have their own flag? What is going on there, sir? First of all, when they negotiated with the Brit Britain on the on, on, about uh, uh, taking back Hong Kong, they want to show the Hong Kong people that uh, sovereignty belongs to China. But the actual administration, legislation, and uh, judiciary would belong to Hong Kong. So to represent, to to uh, show they what were country sincere, two systems? They yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, one, to 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 show they were sincere about this one country two system, they allow Hong Hong Kong to have its own flag, and of course Hong Kong also have to show that uh, they are friendly to mainland China. So it's in red. It's a red orchard. Red orchid is the national flower of uh, city flower of Hong Kong. Correct. So because uh, I think the British like to use it. So that's why they designed this uh, orchid in, in white and the black background in red. And of course, uh, the first day, first day in 1997, when Hong Kong was taken over, they were flying both, both flags, both the Chinese natural flag and this one in Hong Kong. And gradually, gradually, the, Chinese, the Chinese, the five star flag were going higher and ours going lower. Now you hardly <laughs> see it. You know, this is typical communist. Let's tell you, yes. I'm serious. I really need to tell my Indian friends. You are all my good Indian friends. Do not negotiate with Chinese. It's a waste of time. Whatever they sign means nothing. I rem I heard they said spend eight hours negotiating, right, <laughs> uh, uh, between India and China. Don't waste time. Anything they sign don't mean nothing. It's they're like the uh, British Sino uh, John Declaration. Suddenly, uh, about five years this ago, the Chinese, I'm talking about the English and the Chinese ambassador to London, all right, said, oh, this is a historical paper. We don't, <laughs> that means there's no meaning. That paper, the joint declaration is filed at the United Nations. It was signed by the two head of states, all right, in, in, the, in the 1980s. And they say it's a piece of you know, it's a it's a historical document, meaning it has no longer effective. And I'm the one who is encouraging the Hong Kong people in UK to go to both UK High Court and the International Court of Justice to go say that the Chinese have have, have grossly bleached the joint declaration. The sovereignty of Hong Kong no longer belong to China. It should belong to the people of Hong Kong based on 1997. Now they, of course, they infiltrated with lots of uh, mainland Chinese. So the people of Hong Kong at 1997 should decide their own fate with the referendum. That's what I'm trying to, uh, this is one of Absolutely, absolutely. And viewers, uh, you're really looking at a freedom fighter, a freedom fighter who's fighting for the freedom of Hong Kong. And who knows, uh, you Thank know, you. Elmer could become the premier of Hong Kong, should Hong Kong be free. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look forward to, you know, if it, if it comes true, you heard it first here. So all the best, Elmer, you're working no, very, very Siri, hard. Siri, just, just one sentence. I'm 72 years old, all right? But I'm very experienced with communist China. 
my mission is to take down the Chinese Communist Party and let the young people decide whatever they want. Anything is better than communism. So that's my statement. Right. I also I saw some question about will China change and uh, will they yeah. take down Xi Jinping? Will Xi Jinping step down? Uh, uh, let me tell you, I don't know. I don't know because he has certain power and his rivalries or his enemies inside China have also huge power. It's, it's a very bloody war going on that we know not much because they control the press. Right? It's very bloody. It's, a med, it's not like India when you change power to somebody else, you don't die. But in China, right. your whole gang, whoever your family or your friends, whoever following you, will end up in prison or dead. So it's a med, it's, it's, this is called communism. They don't have a legal transfer of power. So as a result, they fear that if, I, if, you, if you have the power, you're going to kill me. And if I have the power, I may kill you. This is how bad it is. The fight is, the power struggle is on a minute-to-minute -minute basis, right? In your, your country, you have an election every few, few years, right? So you fight right, it once. Right. But they fight it every minute. So everything in China, you have to understand, you have to interpret as a power struggle. In our world, we talk about money, right? Everything, you follow the money. In China, you follow the power. That's how you analyze China. And, and everything you see today from China, you first have to read it from a power struggle point of view. Then you know, oh, the power struggle, the, the power stoppage. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not a, it's not an energy <laughs> problem. It's a political problem, please. So this is why, you know, I hope one time you introduce to me to some of your news media. They read only, oh, whatever, power stoppage, economic, slow down, the bubble is bursting. Those are, those are important to the people. But Xi Jinping don't care about the people. The people, it means nothing. He cares about his power. He wants to maintain power. That's the only thing that counts. So, but on the other hand, I want to answer the question. I'm sorry, it's a long, long question, long answer. We love to see Xi Jinping, we love to see Xi Jinping continue, all right? At least for a while, because he is bringing down China and he is bringing down the Chinese economy, and he's bringing down the Chinese Communist Party. We like to see him stay in power as long as possible, because then that it, will, it will implode. China will implode, like the Soviet Union. I mean, uh, US did not force them to, to, to break up, the Soviet breakup. It's an internal breakup. And Xi Jinping is helping to accelerate that. So we like to see him there. I don't want him to go. I hate to see, but see somebody come up and, and come to USA. Oh, we're so sorry for what happened and put the blame on Xi Jinping. And then let's start a new phase. That would be another com communism going on and on. We like to see Xi Jinping because he is leading the Chinese Communist Party to destruction. So, but anyway, uh, I want to tell you, Xi, Xi Jinping believes that uh, he has the mandate to be like the emperor, like an emperor. Because Chairman Mao with his long march ended up in the northern part of China where his father and, uh, mm -hmm. had, the, had the military and they took, they took care of Mao. And as you know, in communism, uh, they, don't have, they don't know how to thank people for people helping them. So basically Mao later on got rid of all his uh, 
all the the the, the his father and their gang. Right? It's a gang, you know. It's a bunch of it's a different gang of gangsters. So anyway, got rid of him. But he believes that he helped this um, Mao Mao's group to take over China. He is entitled to be the um, the, 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 the to control China. He is supposed to be the the man, all right? And uh, because they owe it to them. So this is their belief. Right now, he believes that uh, those people uh, who uh, fought and uh, uh, took over China, those those people should continue to rule and their children should continue to rule. And he is the children, all right? And he wants to rule. And I was in the, uh, there is a 111 year, 110 year anniversary of the founding of the Chinese Revolution. We had a very good revolution, remember? We uh, overthrew the dynasty, the Qing dynasty and the emperor. I was at the, uh, uh, two days ago, I was the anniversary in Chinatown in San Francisco. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and uh, unfortunately, history repeats itself. Now we are going back to overthrowing the dynasty again. It's the Xi Jinping dynasty. Well, uh, that was a wonderful, fascinating uh, conversation, and and you spot shine the spotlight on things that many people are just beginning to waken up to. Because your way of connecting two similar events, twenty years apart, is is truly an eye opener. Elmer, it's always a pleasure listening to you. This is something the audience in India is lapping it up. If you can look at some of the comments that I can tell you. It will be there when you go to the link, and I'll send you the link right after the show. And it's it's truly, truly wonderful. One last question before we go: Do you, Shankar Kumar Chatterjee wants to Thank know? You. Do you see Xi Jinping engaging in a kinetic war with the U.S. or India in the foreseeable future? Uh, please understand: uh, the uh, communists don't fight conventional war. I'm repeating. All right. So they want to take over some kind of fringe island in the fringe, fringe meaning uh, island outside Taiwan, all right? Because by doing that, Xi Jinping will show the people of China he has the guts to challenge the U.S., the almighty U.S., like what Mao Zedong did in Korea. I think uh, your Indian audience must be very familiar because you were part of that war, that Korean war. So. At that time, during the Korean War, China was the poorest country in the world, and U.S. is the richest country in the world with the best armament. And China was able, of course, millions of Chinese died. All right, and China was able to claim they were able to stop U.S. <laughs> at the thirty-eight parallel, meaning they were at least they were uh, even. All right, and this is what Xi Jinping wants to do. He wants to take over a few islands. This broadly and so on and so forth, just to show that he has the guts to fight the U.S. As a result, people in China will let him continue to be the head of state. So this is the whole purpose. He wants to continue. Doesn't matter Taiwan, he, they can get it later. And if they negotiate with the U.S., U.S. will treat retreat to the dateline. You are going to lose support, Japan, Australia, India. All these countries will lose support, and U.S. will leave China alone and let them dominate the western part of the Pacific, all the yes. way to the Indian Ocean. This is what they want to do. They want to be equal 
with U.S. and later on, of course, swallow U.S. That's what they want of to course. do. Of course, they're already doing that, Elmer. I mean, I don't know how much you know about this. If you look at the Bay Area, much of the commercial real estate is now owned by mainland Chinese. Truly. I mean, if I want to rent something, office space, you know, uh, there'll be somebody sitting who will speak a little bit okay, okay English. And then the guy will say at the end, I have to get back to you. I say, you know, aren't you the owner? No, I'm, I don't own it. Somebody in China does. So I have to speak to this person. And then I'll get back to you tomorrow. And this is something that I have heard so many times. I'm not at all surprised. But this this is going to stop, I'm sure. And uh, Biden administration may act again. I don't know. They are up and down, very unpredictable. Siri, so I don't know. Siri, I'm not so optimistic about California. All right. I deal with the high-level Chinese China in Beijing. They believe California belongs to them already politically, everything, economically. They, that's what they believe. And uh, we don't want to believe. We, meaning uh, California and we free people, we do not want to believe because it's so sad. And in fact, they believe. I mean, look, at, I mean, uh, there are so many examples. I've been here for two months. I know how bad it is. And it's, it's basically, it's a Chinese colony. <laughs> I live there, sir. <laughs> I have a property there. <laughs> sorry, sorry to be so pessimistic. But this is what, in the last two months, I spent 18 hours a day talking to all kinds of people. It's, it's, a, it's a lost. I don't even know how to win again. It's, it's a lost cause. Sorry about it. Well, uh, with, that, with those dire words, uh, we will call it uh, uh, a wrap today. And we'll be back again two weeks from now, two Tuesdays from now. Uh, he, Elmer will regale us with the stories of what happened at the Mike Pompeo events. And I hope I wish you all the best, Elmer. I wish I was there. And thank you very much again. And Namaskar. Well, one last word. People yeah. say, why am I smiling with such grave news? It's called, I don't know whether you have such a word in India. It's called a bitter smile. You understand? It's bitter. Yes. Yes. Meaning you have no choice. Right, Thank you right, again. Right. Thank you very much. Thank for you very much. Me. Yeah. Namaskar. Nice